0: the fight in. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. A, a Cock. Hello, welcome to episode fifty-three, season twelve of the fighting cop Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Felonious filth How you doing, mate? Oh, good. How are you? It's Thursday, which means it's the Q and A pod. Which means what? Anything goes. Anything we'll, go. answer.
1: we'll answer every single question apart from the ones that we don't want to answer.
0: Um, well, okay. <laughs> what, have you seen some you don't want to answer?
1: Um, I've seen a couple that are a bit spiky, but i don't have I've rather look in the last hour or so. So we might have had an influx of questions I've not seen. All
0: right. There's plenty of questions on both Reddit and uh, and, and Twitter, and I've no idea oh, what... Reddit. It... Did Reddit as right.
1: well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think questions.
0: there's a few of them on there that, that dislike us for some reason or another but uh you know each to his own it's all right it's fine yeah. um okay uh what would you was this true the henry winter tweet earlier about the coronation being shown at white art lane is that right at the New tottenham stadium yeah that's what he's tweeted yeah is, is that real it's happening
1: i believe so i did, mean um did i understand also, why well go on why well, it's a big deal in this country and they can't exactly ignore it as a massive organisation. It's a bit like your local just put a tweet. It's like your local council ignoring it, you know. They're gonna It's only one day. I mean I'm not going to the game, so I'm not really that affected by it all. But
0: Oh uh, I well, see, yeah, of course. You know, it's just occurred to me, Do you know, when I read the tweet I forgot Spurs are even playing. I've kind of like zoned <laughs> out a bit and I just thought they were opening the stadium for the for coronation. <laughs> And I'm like, what it, I'm a ticket. Yeah, and I just thought, I just thought, <laughs> this it feels a bit excessive. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> this is the first time it's happened in generations, and maybe that, that's what. They, and the players are going to be there and they're singing. And I thought that's weird. But all right, that's we're that's the, genuine, on the pitch. Yeah, that's genuinely. <laughs> I thought I thought people were going to turn up to watch it on the big screen, and that's it, and then go home. <laughs> of course, no, Spurs no, are playing no. Crystal Palace. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> Amazing. Um, do you reckon any of your players go I don't really want to it's not my king I don't give a shit or they just, it's custom isn't it, it's, it it's come to this country footballers
1: you better... are very footballers are very strange breed they're very much into themselves I don't think any of them will be that affected I think Kane in his position as England captain will probably have to care even if he doesn't yeah but I I bet he, sh- do he strikes arsenal.
0: me as a man who, who would who would care about the coronation though he loves it he yeah. fucking loves he's I got mean... bunting up at home definitely
1: if... The thing is, is that, um, you, know, as we're, you know, as we're a little older, we remember players and their managers now. And there are some players who obviously now are managers. And I think I never pegged them being as that sort of person. I mean, someone like Mark Hughes went to Germany, Spain, you know, really refined. Yeah. a manager, managers this is really dour cunt. Yeah, yeah. So you might have, Harry Kane might just retire from football, but you know what? Fuck the monarchy. I don't well,
0: fuck think. No, nah, I don't think so. I think he's going home. and He's going. He's got four kids, so you know he's virile. And he's going put the uh, put put the union jack on tonight. Love, getting lucky. Trick. <laughs> do you re- reckon she's when she's going to bed with Harry Kane? She goes, I can't believe I'm sleeping with Harry Kane. But they've been together since her like seven. But then she goes, I'm, I'm going. I'm. I am. I'm currently receiving the dick of the the the, the, the what were you we, the greatest striker the Premier League's ever seen. Yeah, exactly. He's inside me right now. <laughs> like if he if he was having his way with me, even if I weren't that into it, that would cross my mind. I'd go, "Well, look, how many opportunities am I going to get to be uh, receive the sword of Harry Kane?" I don't know. God, yeah,
1: I'd be thinking about it the entire time. I'd be thinking about the yeah, mask um, be... off goal throughout.
0: <laughs> i was just thinking, this is great. What's wrong with this? This is fantastic. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's get to the questions. Like I say, we don't know what's coming uh, at all. So we don't know what kind of podcast this is going to be. Um, but stick with us. I'm sure it'll be okay. Uh, today is top four. Stain Spurs says, of the current Spurs squad, who do you think is most likely to be a manager? Or who would you like to see manage Spurs in future? Just quickly, I want to get your take on Mason. Because do you think his stock's rising a little bit? I feel a little, I feel quite good about his prospects as a manager. Yeah. Uh, it has risen a
1: bit. I mean, I have to address my reaction to the idea of him being our manager when yep. it was when you floated it about a month ago, and I was like, "Fuck you." Yeah. But I think I think he's um, shown to be a lot more comfortable in 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 the role. Comfortable. I think well. we're at a point where I think we're at a point now where just someone who's not a complete moron at the helm. You know, someone who's fairly neutral, and that's what um, Mason is. And um, he's he's doing all right. He's doing all right. I think. Um, I do feel a bit more comfortable of him there than the previous two incumbents.
0: Just feel more relaxed. I mean, it's, the football's more exciting. Don't have to worry about him exploding after, like, after a game or you know, just knowing that even if we lose and we have lost against Liverpool and it was devastating to lose in that way, there was no part of me that thought, fucking hell, what is Ryan Mason going to say? And how is he going to make my day worse? <laughs> I'm already feeling bad about Spurs and, and, and I know that Ryan Mason isn't going to come out and make me feel worse. Like I can't tell you after that Southampton game, everyone was like, like it was a terrible performance. Free all threw away a two-goal lead, and then you had Conte to deal with and the fucking mayhem that followed. That right, Mason, you're like, yeah, we're you know we're working, we're trying to build, do something, you know, make the club, make players, fans proud of us, that kind of thing. That's all you need. It doesn't have to mean anything. Just phone it in. I completely agree. Yeah, um,
1: completely, it- completely agree.
0: Any of our players, do you think might you might look like they've got managerial capabilities? Um, Dyer, weirdly, I Dyer? mean,
1: Dyer? yeah, <laughs> I was going to say him as well. He does. He does strike me as someone who could well be a good manager. I mean, he, I don't rate him as a as a defender, but um, I think he can go out to be a
0: good manager. Um,
1: Kane, God, what do you, you think
0: Kane players. would make as a manager?
1: Is, I is, don't think he'd be. Pretty, I don't think he'd be very good. I reckon he'd be like Frank Lampard. I reckon he'd just be a bit shouty and just because um, the thing of being a manager, it's all very well talk about tactics stuff, but they've got to be able to get the message across and have people believe in you. And I and Kane's, Kane's not not a bad captain. I mean, he's probably one of England's best captains since probably more because he's got us to two finals, well, final and the semi-final. So mm. but I don't see Kane as a manager. I just, I just really don't don't see it at all.
0: Fair enough. Uh, no. t- um, maybe Hoybier He's got a weird run. Doesn't run uh, properly. His, That's the problem. That, all these players that we hate. <laughs> he doesn't run <laughs> properly. That's the thing. I don't hate him. Do you hate Oybier? You hate him. He, he, he's, become, he's become an irritant. Irritant. Yeah, he, he is mildly irritating. I'll give you that. I don't, I don't hate him. Like, I hate It's a, not his fault that kid's getting picked. But he's our best midfielder after Ben Tenko, right? It's, isn't, uh, isn't that an uh, indictment uh, on Daniel Levy again? Uh, that, that, that we're having to rely on him. That he does play every week or is he unlucky because Basuma the thing is we don't even know how good we are do you know what I mean we we, we don't know how good the players we have in this squad can be with the right coach and the right environment because Conte did his best to fuck it all up and that's not to say that he was playing a, sti- a system that, that previously hadn't worked for him It, it, it you know it, wherever he's gone he's played a similar system and it's worked so he comes to Tottenham and it doesn't work but so many players were, were kind of forced to be rigid in this system that didn't suit them like Son that we may have a a much better squad than we think and like like I think um, midfield I think midfield and up front yeah
1: Um, defensively I think we need to um, put them all in front of a wall and shoot them but
0: (laughs) um, not the defence
1: midfield midfield and attack yeah I think um, did you mean I mean I think I'd probably put Hojbjerg maybe third or fourth I I, I think Basuma's got a higher ceiling than, than him but there's been a succession of coaches you keep picking him and He's just a frustrating player to watch. I mean, even in the um, build-up to... Was it, which, which goal did Van Dijk get put on his ass? Was it Kane or
0: Son's Kane, goal? Kane's goal. Perisic done him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you see, you see Hojbjerg screaming for the ball for a sideways pass and <coughs> kick, skip, move the ball forward. That kind of, yeah. uh, kind of encapsulates why Hojbjerg is an irritant.
0: You can't, have a, you can't be a manager of a weird run. You, you lose the respect of your players if you run to the balls, pick it up, and you've got his gate. Hojbjerg's got a strange gait. You know, famously, Alex Ferguson didn't sign Henderson because he was worried about his gait. He thought there might be issues with injuries later on. Um, Sam, Sam, THFC, would you rather fight one... Would, you, would John rather fight one horse-sized ricky or a hundred duck-sized rickies? Um, Thank you. I'll ask John next time he's on. Uh, Sam Wilson's a discount in Kane. Who's your player of the season so far? And does the difficulty in answering go some way to explaining our troubles? Uh, you've left with players who've either been very inconsistent or only played half the season through either the injury or someone else's. Yeah. <clears throat> it's Bentancourt, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he played half. Well, two thirds of the season. It is Bentancourt, but you're right. The drop off is significant. Um, but yeah, it's been a if,
1: worst season in a very long time
0: but if we were playing the same way we've played in uh, in the last couple of days in terms of going forward that question would be easier to answer I think but yeah it's, <clears throat> there's been a huge drop off and what we would have done where we would have finished if we didn't have Kane this season is beyond me uh, Apex says now that you're posting on YouTube any chance we can get a coach's voice masterclass by Alex from Bristol explaining the tactics he'd used to get us into the top four. Um, He's keen. He's keen. Yeah, but this is not about giving Alex a platform to actually do that because it would be stupid and boring. It's the fact that he's even said that he could coach Tottenham to a a top four and mean it. That's that's the issue here. That is a fallacy. It's nonsense, isn't it? I mean, what, it, it, do you know how difficult that is? It's crazy. The man is insane. I admire
1: his confidence. I mean, I think it would be good if every human had that level of confidence in themselves that like they could score eight goals to Man City, manage a team to the top four. It's He's it's, it's, it's a fantasist, but, you know, it's, it's good fun.
0: It is fun, but I just, I do worry. Like, sometimes I look at him and I'm like, are you, is that, are you for real? Is that what, you, is that what you, do you know how difficult that would be? But he's just going to a simple game simple game I mean he does have coaching he does have. Co- he has licenses. he's more qualified than that ge- That weird geezer who played um, championship manager who's ge- doing the rounds what's his name he was linked for a little bit to the Spurs job oh well still yeah what did you make what do you make of um, there's four managers that have been linked with or uh, well, seemingly a short list of four managers who were, were apparently according to Dan Kilpatrick entering or gone past the due diligence stage and we're now entering the period of interviews with four managers that include Slot and Hogsman, uh Amaron and Alonso. Alonso, that came out of nowhere. What'd you what do you, yeah, what do you make? A What's... Strange one. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not gonna say I've got an in depth knowledge of um of all of all those managers. Wait. I think Nagelsmann is still the one that we'd probably pick of all of them with, with, with his pedigree. There are, I mean, every other day, the Telegraph are putting a stumbling block with um director of football and that. But if I could pick any one of them, it would easily be Nile an Guzman. And I think that would go away to restoring some faith in the, in, in the team. But I think all four of those are, I think it's a good bunch. It's a good, it's a good short It's a good short list. There's no one on there that I think I absolutely would not want to manage our club. So yeah. it's, it's better than it was, I suppose.
0: It's difficult to, to I, I understand the reservation from Nogglesman if it's true about him saying well we need to know who the director of football is can I work with this guy it's like you're in, in any job you get a manager you just think he's a dick I don't want to work with him that can happen at any level on, 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 on any platform and Nogglesman needs to know that uh, that he's if he is coming in that there's a man, that someone he can work under and feel comfortable there because his job is high pressure and everything we can do to make his job comfortable we should be doing I mean, what what do you think of Ragnik coming in as the DOF? Because he's kind of like playing his hand, it felt like, didn't he? Where he was going, well, he should join Tottenham, but perhaps he should. He needs to know who the director of footballer he is, football is, and, you know, I think it would be a good job. And he's like, you need one. You need me. If you want Nagelsmann, you need me. So give me a fucking job, Daniel Levy. I need a fucking job. I mean, job. they
1: were together at, <laughs> they were together at um, Leipzig. Leipzig, weren't they? And, and they were very <clears> successful there, but... I don't know if it's because um, those two work well together or it's because Red Bull seems to have a very good, solid system in place whereby the production line is always going to be great regardless of, of who's at the helm. But having two people who've worked together before would go would, would go a long way to reassure us. I mean, we had Conte and Fabio who worked together before, so I guess a yeah. continuation of that would, would, would be good, yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, um just on that, uh, yeah, we've got uh, we're uploading to YouTube now. Uh, clips from the pod, doing other bits and pieces. A few things go- going on over there. So if you like watching stuff on YouTube, find us the Fighting Cock on YouTube. It'll come up, and you'll see the videos we're about to produce. Um, we've got a question here from Matt Williams about uh, Zabi Alonzo. Says seventeenth to third in the Bundesliga on X points so far since uh, zabi Alonzo took over in October. Uh, but do we want someone who hasn't had a full season in the top flight and is already willing to jump ships, thinking about Liverpool after Klopp or Real Madrid because they're a bit linked to them as well? So that's what um, he's done to deserve it. So he's gone from 17th to third in the Bundesliga.
1: The the thing is though, Flav, is that there's often we'll say we look at the buy James Madison from it was that fucking Norwich or Coventry. Yeah. Because he's in, he's an We shouldn't buy um, Eze from QPR because he's not done anything. We shouldn't get Elise from Reading because again, he, he's done bugger all. You know, um, often we're not, we're not daring to do. We're not, we're not, we're not taking the gamble. I and mean, you know, and I think that, you know, manage, obviously it's different with managers and it is of players because if um, I don't know if we got Eze and it didn't work, it's fine. But if we get Alonso and he goes tits up, then we're in a we're in a bit of a bind because um. Right now, um, it feels like the floor is the floor is lava around Tottenham. You know I mean, everything's on fire, and they got the purple and gold on Twitter, and you got protests at every single game. So it's important to get the next managerial appointment right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, it's, this is a this is a boring cliche, but um, Alonso does know the league. Um, it's obviously very fluent in the language as well. And um, given the sort of player that he is, I think he'd be very very progressive. And I think I read somewhere that. He also plays three in
0: defence, which would suit our squad. So First the first game next season. Alonso, new coach, new hope. Three at the back. We line up with Romero, Dyer, and Longley. 100% nailed <laughs> on. Doesn't matter if he plays three at the back. He can play 10 at the back. It'll be those three playing. Um, Jesus Christ, no. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, the
1: Longley thing has actually gone a bit quiet, actually. I think they said um, after Conte got the sack, it kind of went a bit cold, so we might not be subjected to another season of long lay
0: yeah and then obviously there's that idea of uh dia being given another three years which is like you said it's not it's, it seems to be uh, kicked into the long grass somewhat um Thank fuck. yeah indeed uh so richie says when you're going to do live podcasts on youtube never sorry richie unless something changes significantly uh, let's so head the over to get Patreon to get a
1: little bit of that, but it, uh, no, so you it. can if
0: you want to become a patron, you can. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock. And um we, we put up the whole video pod on there. But yeah, no, not for not for YouTube. Um let's head over to Reddit for a second. So Alec Malloy, he says, What's it like doing the overlap in what is from the outside an incredible hostile environment? It seems like whenever a Spurs supporter is put on, they just jeered and spoken over relentlessly. What's your experience like, Flav? Also, why is that awful Chelsea Harridan? What's a Harridan? That sounds. It was like, like a harlot. Didn't, I didn't know guys could be Harridans, but there you go. I think, she, well, he's talking about Sophie Rose. Oh, yeah, Harridan, yeah, that, that makes sense then. What does it mean? i just got to check. <laughs> i've got to check what harrodin i've never heard that word before it's just like an
1: awful i think it's like an awful woman from from guessing yeah
0: uh he's a an unpleasant a strict, woman bossy or belligerent so go on go on no, go, go for it go for it
1: um a strict bossy or belligerent old woman a bullying old harridan
0: nah she's all right. she's harmless um uh what is it like well hostile is the incorrect it's not hostile at all it's like there's nothing hostile about that those group of fans it's not difficult environment to 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 exist in and to be honest if you're getting rattled by you know Robbie or you know the the people in that then then you you need to have thicker skin I think so so to say it's hostile is is incorrect it's not it's not all what it is is it's it's set up so that people are kind of i'll tell you what it is being brutally honest right a lot of people in our industry would want to go on the overlap it's great exposure and it's a lot of people watch it um and for a lot of people you know spending time with Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher is something they would like to do but it is everybody is eager to have their 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 opportunity to speak so that there might be an opportunity to That's my feeling is to to get on next time i think so there's an element of that so people are ready to jump over each other and to speak to make sure they are heard so in that instance you do it does feel like a little bit like everyone's just trying to get their point across and you're you you are jumping on each other kind of thing um in terms of spurs well we're an easy we're an easy target so if 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 my job in that scenario is to give arsenal some stick and make them feel a bit more uncomfortable naturally they're going to jump on Anything that's said about Spurs, um, and yeah, and that's it. But in terms of outside of the overlap, there's no producer going make sure you make sure you say this, make sure you you know get the Arsenal fans. There's none of that at all. It's not there's no one co- coercing or creating an environment where people argue. But I think there is a kind of like need to be heard if you're a part of that audience because it's not like it's not something people do for free. It's a, there's a fee involved, um, and that's you know part of the reason why I do it. And it's good for the podcast and stuff like that. But yeah, it's. Um, I don't think they get us on to to just jeer and speak over relentlessly. It's just that the type, these these groups of people are talking constantly about their football clubs. So they're used to this. this, this it's same like the fighting cop. We can say whatever we want here, right? And then we're not going to anyone shouting or jumping on whatever you say. There it's different. Um, but, you know, I guess it works because people watch it. But it's not hostile at all. It's like the least hostile environment to be in. There's pubs much, much worse than um than the overlap. Um uh, Johnville says, great question. Also, why do Arsenal always get two people representing them? It's strange. I don't know that. That's a good point. I don't know why. I think they maybe look at they look at Arsenal fan TV and um they see the views, don't they? I guess. Makes sense. Uh, Johnville says what's the uh, what's the biggest Spurs what ifs what if Tangy wasn't a lazy bastard what if we stuck with Potch any in particular you think really set us on the path to where we are now what do you, what do you think is it hard to pinpoint where how we've arrived at this situation now what was it for you any one moment or, or a period of time where it's actually this is starting to go wrong desperately um, relating to now um how we find how we find ourselves up now, it could have been five years ago, it could have been three years ago. was it the second of potch was it i think it's those i think it's those
1: windows about signings yeah and the second of potch i think those are those are two big big factors um not to say that we'd have bought <clears throat> not to say that we'd have bought anyone who would have massively improved the team, but I just think it has left a bit of a void a lot of reliance on players who we're still relying on to this day and um at the time, I think Poch had to go. <clears throat> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be captain hindsight and say we shouldn't have got rid of him. At the time, I think he had to go. There was um, <coughs> a year without an away when It felt like he'd got as much as he can out of that group of players. Um, Jurgen Klopp is kind of suffering from a little bit of that this season. In that, He's been at Liverpool for, I think, seven years. And there's the same players and the same message. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to overhaul the, the squad a bit at Liverpool. And I think we were slow to do that with um, Spurs. I think the next couple of seasons we might have gone on some way to doing that. But we've had two pragmatic managers in a row. And now uh, we've got a squad built for three at the back. So, it's, <laughs> you'd like to really look at the, the pot sack, and I've really.
0: Yeah, I think it was, it was the, <laughs> in, in terms of understanding where we are now, I think it started with the decision to build the stadium in earnest. And the impact on that is what we're feeling right now, because the seasons we couldn't buy players because we were building a stadium and Brexit and all the, all the other reasons, were it had a massive impact, and we knew it would. But you kind of at the time you kind of re- reconciled it with the fact that we, you know, understand this. Let's get through this difficult period, and then we'll 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 move on. But it, it, it has had a lasting lasting impact, mainly because. That essentially directly resulted in Poch having to go. But, uh, and another massive mistake that was made was the signings of La Celso and Ndombele because that, that was supposed to be the start of the rebuild, those two players, and they it became clear within six months that neither of them were going to be able to do it. Not that they didn't have the quality, and I can understand why we bought both of those players, and I was very excited about both of them. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, as you've seen, you're buying players from abroad often... It, it, it no it, not often but oft, sometimes you, you see it not work and it is a risk and we spent a lot of money on on that and the risk didn't pay off and and then that has a fall on effect about how much money you can spend and now we've got them on their wage bill we can't get them off so that's had a huge impact as well it's so, a bit that period of two or three years poor sign-ins and then obviously the the net, the seemingly never-ending failings of uh of daniel levy currently we're picking employees to run certain aspects of the football club go wrong constantly um skip x scarlet he says what's the aim for next season Well, depend on the manager and whatever happens with comings and goings just feels like there's no plan
1: um it's difficult to say it just depends on, on who we hire really yeah. um i've said this c- constant amount of times in the last six to eight weeks that i don't think this is as bad as we were under sherwood <clears throat> mm. i think that um you know basuma should be back at the start of next season um son has shown that he's not finished yet i mean there was a there was a few concerns that maybe he's ending maybe he's coming towards the end of his peak but he's shown over the last five six games that he can still score a lot, score a lot of goals. Um, Fraser Forster, I feel he's a bit more of a calming influence than Hugo Lloris. So there's many positives. And I think next season we can still, you know, obviously the aim is to finish in the top four and to get a trophy. And with this squad, defence side, that's definitely attainable. Um, there's been many um, debates about Christian Romero. And um, I think Flav said this, said as much as this on Monday's pod, that um if you have a, an equal or a better defender than Romero, we'll see the best of him. Yeah. If Romero is the main guy, the best defender, then you're not going to see the best of him. Sometimes I play football, and sometimes I play better if I'm not the best player on the pitch. Because if I've got someone to kind of lean on, I, I do better. And it's the same with Romero. He's uh, still relatively young for a for centre-back. And um, when we got Alderweireld, landed on our laps, that was, was fucking amazing. Him and, him and Vertonghen go back a long way. And if we get a higher quality defender in the summer, then we can do anything next season
0: two. Anything. we need to let me yes. pose something to you if you, if we, we we have a choice by signing one centre-back that's, that improves our squad and one goalkeeper or two centre-backs and keep Forster for the season what do you do?
1: hang on so I guess the two centre-backs you get
0: or... to choose a goalkeeper and a centre-back that improves our first team or two centre-backs and keep Forster
1: I'd go for centre back and a goalie Would primarily you? because I think we can just go to a flat back four. I know Porro doesn't really feature in, <laughs> in in a good back four, but I think Might be able be I trained, don't want to,
0: uh, to say he couldn't, it's I, just, it just doesn't seem I, like I, it.
1: I just don't want to rely on Forster though. I, I like him, but I don't want to rely on him. And Dyer, as I've always said, I don't mind if we keep him, but he can't be the main guy. He, he really can't be the main I don't mind if he's there if he's like a backup or filling in, I don't want him to be the default. Like we play on Saturday, die's going to start. We know he's going to start. We should be in a situation where we have a good enough squad that Dad does not start every game. And I want to have another keeper because um, I feel that... I think Lois is at the end of his time here. Um, and I don't see what he can do for an on-course. A bit like Roy Jones. Roy Jones relied on reflexes and that's the sort of keeper that Hugo Lloris is. Yeah. And that's failing him now. And the defence don't have a lot of confidence in him. And I just believe that, um yeah, I think a new defender... I think a new a new goalie is a priority as much as a new defender or two centre-backs.
0: Fair enough. I'd definitely go for two centre-backs. I'm not sick to death of Forster. I'm sick to death of our defence. Absolutely sick to death. of <laughs> never want to see him again Fucking Every... <sighs> Yeah, all right. I've, I've, we spoke at length about Dyer on Monday. Uh, Rocco says, if you had to pick an, an uh, pick an arranged marriage for your sister, who are you choosing as your new brother-in-law? Rory Jennings, Ty from AFTV, Fogden, who's like a YouTuber, and uh, the weird kid from TikTok who keeps popping up asking people how many books they've read. I don't know what that is, who that is. I don't know who that is either. Um, well, look, full disclosure, I appreciate... Arsenal fans, uh, Tottenham fans out there absolutely hate Rory. I mean, everybody outside of Chelsea fans, and probably some of them even hate Rory. But I know Rory on a personal level, and he's a good mate. And uh, yeah, so I would have no issue with him being my brother-in-law. And I've actually met Fogden. I know Fogden really winds people up. But you meet him in person, he is a lovely, lovely, lovely kid. But he's just a new breed of fan, isn't traditional, and is very youtube and i can see why that winds people up because before i met him i thought he was a dick to be fair but when i met him i thought this is a, really <laughs> a... yeah well I, I got irritated by the by the same stuff that you did uh, not you did personally but person asking the question rocco that you know it, it wasn't in keeping with what i how i follow football but you meet him in person you're not not looking at their youtube channel and they appear very normal and lovely when they meet him so uh, if you had to choose one, who would it be? Ty. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Ty is a um,
1: I've met Rory a few times and he's always been pleasant. Yeah. Um I don't mind Fogdon. Fogdon seems a nice, wholesome bloke. Um obviously he's part of a newer generation who filmed themselves at games, but I'll probably pick him if I had to. Fair enough of the
0: four. Michael Kenyon Water, he says, with what's going on at Chelsea and Arsenal, so would you rather with what's going on at Chelsea and Arsenal so would you rather see Chelsea relegated but Arsenal win the league or Chelsea stay up and Arsenal finish second for me I hate both but I can't ever see Chelsea be in this position again so I'd have to say Chelsea go down and Arsenal win the league coming Spurs what would you say nope fuck no fuck no No. <laughs> chance, no. no we both say the same thing Steph. we know we say the same thing so yeah.
1: <laughs> after winning the, the league Arsenal winning the league can't happen it can't happen no no.
0: Absolutely no, I even, not. I couldn't even give a solitary fuck about Chelsea to be honest. Like I don't I know people there right. are fans out there that hate them and that, that, like my, my brother Ross he hates Chelsea as much as we, he hates Arsenal. So I, I appreciate why where this rivalry comes from and why it's important. But I've got so much hate for Arsenal that I'm always there's nothing left for any of anyone else. Like I think thinking, oh, it's a big, big Chelsea game, yeah, but how would I be feeling if it was Arsenal? That's how, that's what I like, like imagine, imagine imagine Arsenal like when Chelsea beat us in at Wembley 5-1 that was bad but imagine if it was Arsenal so much worse so exactly yeah and, and, and I've I've watched Chelsea stop Arsenal from winning leagues and that's kind of like I think like same with Man United I'm like I don't give a shit really about you but I'm glad you did what you did it's like there there is this saying that you support support anyone who's playing Chelsea except when they're playing Arsenal and that sort of sums it up really but yeah but fuck I mean if Chelsea go down they go down they come back up nothing if Arsenal win the league that stays stays with us forever Agreed. Chris Davidson says dilemma do you keep Kane in the summer because the short term is more urgent or risk him signing for Chelsea on a free or sell now and get much needed funds to sign his replacement which still needs funding either way if he goes in the short term or long term more of a priority which one's more of a priority is it what you missed from that question is that he might sign a new contract. So your your assumption is that he, what, he's he gone. And if he's gone, let's answer his question. We'll deal with the other thing afterwards. If he's gone, even now, or or he's definitely leaving at the end of his contract, what do you do, T? What's the what's sensible thing to do? Or, or, or is it worth having him for another season but lose him on a free? That question.
1: And gave me a fucking headache <laughs> I don't know if I'm just being a bit slow today um, yeah,
0: so it's so just w- it's, what's this saying... e- either
1: goes Chelsea for money or goes Chelsea for free
0: yeah uh, yeah but if you move Chelsea from it and it's just this situation that where you s- do we do we sell him now or risk losing him for free is that what, what would you do because um, we would have money to buy put a one year
1: contract put a one year contract on the table and sell him so we get something I don't think we can afford to have that, that big an asset leave for free. Um, it's even bigger deal than when Judas left in two thousand and one. I think we can't afford to let him go on a free. I mean, I understand that it's given him his wish; they can join anyone he wants. But that's the thing. I, I think him leaving
0: for him leaving for free would would, would stink. We we and, and by selling him in the summer, we have control of where he goes to some degree. We don't no. have to accept offers from Chelsea. And if the option is Man United or Chelsea, then we have that control. We won't deal with Chelsea, but we will deal with Manchester United. So you have some, you have some, or Chelsea end up paying double what City do or or, or United do rather. So you kind of have you have that that leverage. Um, so there's a third option here, right? Is if you keep him and gamble on what we're going to do in the summer and the manager we're going to get in, so that we're so good next season that he wants to sign and stay is that a risk worth taking or would the draw from Kane be that I don't care how good we are. I'm going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And I'll do what I want. I think that's almost too much of a draw for him. It's either he signs or you've got to move him on.
1: Yeah. I'd I'd go along with that. I think, um, as I said, what happened in 2001 was early in Enoch's tenure. They've got to look at that and think we, we, we can't let that happen because as I said, as you, as you said, we control where he goes to a degree and, I mean, it's... I don't really want to think of a life without Harry Kane playing for Tottenham, but sometimes you've got to be pragmatic, haven't you?
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, Thomas Spencer says, if given the reins to manage Spurs next season, could you keep us up? (laughs) Fuck no. Except they're going to listen to us. Alex could. Exactly. But the (laughs) You've got to remember, you're dealing with human beings and you have to convince them to do things that might be outside of their will... Or what they desire, because you have you've devised some sort of shitty tactic that might work. That you, you and remember, look, there will be people out there who say they can do this, right? And they watch they see that geezer. They, sorry, you mentioned his name already. The football manager guy. It's Ted Lasso. No, oh, well still. Will oh, yeah. still, yeah. Who 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 by yeah. by is like I read an article with him, an interview with him, and the football manager thing is well overblown. He he did play it, yeah. like loads of people play it. But he spent, he spent years and years cutting his teeth in the coaching setups of various clubs, mainly in, um, in, in France and Belgium, I think. So that is where he's getting experience. It isn't, it isn't because he fucking watches coaches' voices every week and doesn't miss an episode of that. And, and you know plays four seasons of championship manager every week. He understands football and he understands more crucially talking to professional footballers and getting them to do what you want to do because they trust him. If you just walk in I don't even know why I'm saying this. Like I'm not it's like I'm saying something that not every everybody who's listening to this will not agree with me. Imagine you, you, right, with no footballing pedigree at all, going oh. in and telling Hoybier what he needs to do. I'm not even talking about Harry Kane, I'm just talking about Hoybier. Pape Sarr will look at you like you're you're an absolute dickhead and you've got to do that for a season, no chance. I'm not saying that if they stay up, it's all because of how good they are and nothing to do with your tactics. Yeah. Like, no, well, imagine you coming to them and giving them anything that they haven't heard 10 times over. Right, what are we do? We we'll have a good, five, a good game of five aside, right? Fuck, they know. No chance.
1: The thing is, though, Flav, right? You don't get these people saying, I can go to a, a rough school in Hackney and make sure every kid in that class gets a C or more, an A to C in GCSE maths. People will be like, um, no, maybe I couldn't do that. But you can manage <coughs> fucking millionaires, millionaire footballers to get them to do what you want to do, and you can't even arrange 30 kids to pass GCSE maths. Yeah. Come on. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. Um, uh, Ainsy says, when will Levy go? Um, he'll go when someone offers an extortionate amount of money for the club. Then Then he'll go one day when that happens. Uh, Follows up, Morgan Medley uh, Medjay, right, so this is uh, Morgan, through uh, jest, accused me of willfully ignor- ignoring this question. I, uh, that wasn't the truth, right? I didn't see it, and I asked him to send it in again. So this is it. it says, when are you going to get on board and fully back and push Enoch out? Your influence and weight is needed. You made waves of 1882 movement, and this is arguably 10 times more important. What do you think, T? oh god so, <laughs> so, all right, you you want, want, uh, it I'll, I'll go or... all, right, all right okay okay right firstly you go first firstly the fighting clock is there's like 11 of us and not and all of us are different v- v- scales of where they are with with levy and you might think well you should be levy out unique out you should be that the reality is that we all think differently like when we put out a request saying how many of you you know are you levy in or levy out just last week or after the Newcastle game, I think it was one in four said they want him in. That's a quarter of our a quarter of our fan base. If you believe if that's if you take that as a metric of or, or, or a uh, a sample of, of what our fan base thinks, Tottenham Hotspur fan base thinks, then one in four are leaving still. So that's that can apply to the people that talk on the podcast at all. So as a podcast, as a thing, the fighting cock to come out and say this is what we all think. Can't do that. 1882 is different. It was a fan movement about singing songs at football. No one's going to disagree. Although people did actually, but certainly no one is going to be too disagreeable about wanting to create atmosphere at a football stadium. This is this is different. So not everybody is Enoch out. Secondly, I I, I don't know what he, I, I don't know what we're supposed to get behind. Like we've we've said on this podcast many times, Enoch out. I've said it. I, I, I want Enoch to be bought out, and I want Daniel Levy to be gone. That's, that's how I feel now because I think the landscape shifted significantly um, in the last year and just the amount of poor mistakes that are, that, that are down to his decision-making means that his probably position has become untenable. And if he was managing him, he probably would have sacked himself ages ago. So um, I don't know what more... There are things that exist already that are set up for people to get behind. That I'm not sure about them like the change for Tottenham stuff I'm not sure about it they're very confusing about what it is they're trying to do so you know there's there's just things that are a bit confusing about that but that exists so if you, if I don't know what Morgan you want, want us to do that, that isn't being done already Um, yeah I, that's how I'd argue it and plus I'm fucking 10 years older than I was when we set up 1882 I had a lot more spunk in me then now I just like to sit it's, on the sofa and drink wine. I've become old and and disillusioned. And you know, football's been fucked. And fundamentally, and I hate to say it, I really hate to say it because we should be able to mobilize and we should be able to force something that we believe is incorrect out of our football club. But Daniel Levy owns the club. And <coughs> and nothing but a huge takeover bid is gonna remove him because you're asking him to to, to give up. What what, what what you're asking is why Daniel Levy out is asking him to leave as soon as possible. And that for him means accepting less than he thinks the club is worth. So you're asking him to lose out millions and millions and millions and millions of pounds merely because you just want him to leave the football club. It's Never going to happen. Never, never, never going to happen. What I do like, though, is that it should be made uncomfortable. He should be made accountable for the things that the decisions that he's made. I'm not talking about throwing coins at him or anything like any kind of, violence very peacefully and very audibly they should be made to feel uncomfortable and you know what against um manchester united when we were two 0 down and there were flags in the, in the crowd in the crowd saying you could see him glancing at him he's aware so this is that that sort of work is is, is having an impact and that's that, that that is good stuff but that ain't going to make him give up millions and millions and millions of pounds so as long as you can do it I guess, and make it feel uncomfortable, then, then you should do it. But you look at what's happened at Manchester United with the Glazers, and they've been campaigning for 10, 15 years, and they're still there. And even now, in the takeover process, or the, biddings, the big bidding process, they are going to retain an element of the football club, 20%, if you believe it. So they're not even going to go after the sale. So if you think they only leave, you might leave as it's sold... What I'm saying the point I'm getting at here is football is fucked and you're not we're not going to get what we want anymore and and that's that's why I don't have the energy to do anything because I don't believe anything will work unfortunately but there's more protests to plan against the uh, Palace and be outside the club shop if you feel strongly about this then go and join that process make it as big as possible Make the police have to turn up and do something. Not like, don't fucking start vandalising shit. But if the crowd gets big enough, then it becomes significant. And the police are going, Well, Daniel Levy, this is re you re- we're having to resource this now. You're you know, you appreciate what's happening outside. We're resourcing this. You're gonna have to pay us extra coppers to deal with this protest. That will get through to him. That sort of stuff. But that the yeah, the, that, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at currently.
1: Yeah, I think that's well, that's true i mean we're all very different people on on the podcast and um the things that we've done previously whether it be 1882 or ticket prices this is something that um was a bit more stuff that we we either recreated ourselves for the most part Enoch what are we what exactly are you asking people to do when they say you want them to to jump on board of it do you You know, it's not like there's anything. I mean, with um, even with the Man United, the green and gold until they're sold, at least there's a body. This is a there's a body of people to get behind. There's there's nothing there. It's just like you've got change for Tottenham in one place. You've got the purple and gold on Twitter, but there's no. There seems to be no direction, and a lot of it seems to be like, oh well, if you're not with us in the arena, Ken, and it's just. it's just very toxic. And yeah. next season, if we in the, next season if we do get the defender that we that Flav and I really want, and get a goalkeeper that we want, and we get the manager that we want, David, that we want, and we're back up there in the league, are those numbers of the protests going to go down? Because you know we need people who are going to be with us for the long haul. Um, people wanting the Glazers out has been 50, ten, fifteen years in the in the making here. So you've got to be in it for the long run. So there's got to be some sort of organisation. I i think the last 18 months have kind of made me led me more to be in a cut than, than than i've ever been but realistically i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna go anywhere all you can do is just make, make them uncomfortable
0: yeah i mean they're they're going to be influenced by the amount of money that's coming in from this bid from wherever it might be and that's that that's the long and short of it really um <clears throat> yeah and that, and that, that is a good point we will have that we will have periods of form and success inverted commas, over the next couple of years, especially if we get the right manager in, and this will disappear. I mean, I think it would disappear because, and do you know, and do you know what it is as well is a lot of people go, and it, you get caught up in Twitter because Twitter, you think is that oh, this is what Spurs fans are thinking, but Twitter is like a, a, an extreme version of everything that's going on in people's brains. People don't behave in reality how they do on online. So, yeah, I, I think the vast majority of of fans when they go to spurs aren't they don't want to protest they don't want to do that they want to go in pub see their mates and they want to go and spurs play want watch spurs play and when we don't win they go back to the pub and then they get on with their lives that's the reality of most most fans and when you say talks about the 1882 movement made waves what, what did we do really we got 500 people to come and sit in a block together it didn't it didn't make waves we just managed to get 500 people together is 500 people going to do I'm just sceptical, Morgan, and I appreciate it, but I don't. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have the drive of other people. I don't think, at this moment, or ever. I've got like kids with problems and fucking things in real. Like I've got to sort out on a daily basis. So when I say got problems, they're not like <laughs> they're fine. They're all good, but there's things in my life that are as important as Tottenham that I've got to concentrate on. Their, you know anyway i don't know if that satisfies i'm sure that's going to wind some people up i hope it doesn't i'm not trying to get into any debate and this is the thing as well is is um you know if you're not aligning yourself exactly with how someone who's been eating out for a while aligns himself with this movement then you're just you're just called a prick or, or dismissed or you're you know you can't tweet anything like the other day for example i tweeted about what was there something along of like Mace did a good job, and the and, and the reaction was, yeah, but fucking what, what does it matter? Daniel Levy's site's like, still there, and I'm like, well, I can't enjoy anything about Spurs because Daniel Levy's there. The the the, the wedge between some mm. people who are out and the rest of the fan base that they engage with on Twitter is so strong that people that might be leaning towards out or want to get involved are met with this feeling of or well, being called a dickhead for being late to the party. I don't know. Anyway, Johnny P says, would you take Arsenal win the league if meant Chelsea getting relegated? Yeah, no. No. Nope. That's disgusting. Uh, let me go back to Reddit. What time we got? Oh, we got 45. Um, question here. Uh, would you rather a season where Kane scores 50 plus goals, beats Haaland to the Golden Boot, scores 2 hat at-tricks versus the Gunners, and commits his life to Tottenham but we get fifth or an ordinary season with, where we finish fourth with a few decent cup runs? I'd rather the fifth one I think 50 plus goals Kane scores 50 plus goals wins the Golden bill, scores two at-tricks versus the Gooners and commits his life to Spurs but we finish a place below we don't get into the Champions League so what if we did get in the Champions League what
1: do you think? Oh, uh, I agree I think um, okay we've got this very proud record of qualifying for Europe every year since 2009 mm-hmm. or 2010 I think it was but I don't mind finishing the place And As a matter of fact, I'd rather us finish eighth this season, so we don't get Europe at all. So we'll yeah, i will pick
0: the fifth place. Two wins against the against Arsenal, cat tricking both. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. It's almost better than
1: fourth place. He's not scored an open play against those cunts in so many years as well. So I'll take that. Is that true? Um, <clears> actually, no, it's scored at Wembley. But for, other than that, he's not it's not done so.
0: Johnville again. These right in the comments, Johnville? Bless you, mate. Uh, if you're a Daniel Levy, if you're Daniel Levy right now, what are you doing? And what's your realistic plan for the next four years at Spurs? I want it to be get the manager. This due diligence thing might—it might actually there might be some sort of you know foundation behind it. Obviously, they, they, they somewhat know what they're doing, but really looking at the next manager and not just reacting to a situation that maybe they're planning for the next four years, and that would be for me. Someone that can come in and offers stability that will commit for that time and just get on with it, whatever might happens. And and you've seen what's happened up the road. If you just give them some patience, time, and investment, you know, title challenges can happen. So that's what I hope he's doing. If I was Daniel Levy, I'd be thinking, what manager is going to be here for the next three or four years? And if we give them a hundred million pound or hundred and fifty million pound a summer, what can he do with that? That's what the what I'd be um, doing whatever leads to that result.
1: Not not to prolong things, but did you watch what did you make of that talk sport thing? I thought it was um a lot out of nothing personally. What's that? The bloke on talk sport saying that Levy that we've had players in the in the ground and Levy said no. Or the other way around.
0: I, well, I, I think I, he's kind I, of gone against the manager. Um It wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, what, why, why do you why do you bring it up? What 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 what, do, um, what because do you you're think? talking about
1: you're talking about what Levy can can do and that, what what better he can do. But like we're in a place on social media where any mention of Levy's name is
0: just <laughs> everything just goes up in fucking flames, you know. I, I, I do. I um, like the enough is God. enough poster. That is good stuff on Twitter. So every time every time Spurs tweet about anything, it's just this like thousands of en- enough is enough with Dan Levy's face in it. That shit's good. That's easy way for people to get involved.
1: I think um I was I was in the quiz until they did it to the Hillsborough. it was a bit like uh what? Maybe just relax I think um obviously oh, I think the Spurs sake. put a wreath out for Hillsborough and they're still putting Levy out. Oh, and I'm like, come on no, then no, just 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 rest.
0: This is it. I mean this that doesn't help your cause, that damages it. For fuck's sake. No. That's the thing, mate. And, and and him... Yeah, I know, I know, I know, Spurs fan died I you can't to get to get behind a movement but can't control the way it or or don't have any impact on the way it communicates is dangerous. It's fucking stupid. That is Yeah. Incredibly Yeah. Um uh, right, so uh, we'll do a couple more and then we'll uh We'll finish. Uh, As Keshe, he says, would you kiss Ricky's ass for a Carabao Cup win? Kiss his ass for free. I probably have in my life at some stage. Ricky's got a nice little bum, is not (laughs) he? Lovely little bum. (laughs) Nice little derriere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a member of the fighting court that wouldn't kiss Ricky's ass if he wanted it. Uh, Not least for, uh, you know, much less than a Carabao Cup win. to be honest exactly. yes uh, would you rather Chelsea oh, loads. would you rather Chelsea get relegated or us somehow pulling off top four uh, uh, probably Chelsea relegated if
1: one if they got relegated I suppose yeah I'll take that
0: yeah uh, alright back to Twitter briefly and then we'll end uh, Reb says would you rather your missus sucked off a dog or a dog went down on your missus what the fuck is wrong with you Reb you do this all the time. I don't know. I, I come to it and I'm like, Reb's going to say something mental. Then she does. And then I read it out oh. again and it's going to happen again. I guess... I, can do. Uh, I guess the second one, if I had to, I don't really... Uh, do you want to answer that?
1: Not, I'll probably go for the second one, but it just reminds of the whole... um Yeah, Carl That video that went around. Car-walkers. The video that went around and people people are saying it's his messes and obviously isn't but because well, people because because it's gone so far
0: people just believe it is it doesn't matter if it's true or not that's the thing is rumors exactly. get to a point is like, like it well it isn't me but well, we don't care <laughs> that's the rumor that's the it's, story it's like, we want to change it now <laughs> it's, it's like a prince in the rib thing you know people believe it's true probably isn't yeah and what is it richard gear putting a hamster up his ass to get off yeah okay.
1: yeah it's all
0: true it's, it's all true might as well be and do you know what? If it isn't true, it's boring. Don't want to know. Um Don't Zeus it. says, uh, "Why while you're going down on while you're going to town on yourself, you hear your partner come home. You have to close the filth tab and switch to one that is just pictures of a current player. Which player is your most acceptable to get caught with your fella in your hands here? You ever already near near uh, have you ever nearly been caught? I
1: can't I've never no, been. I'm very safe.
0: Yeah. I think you're your your you're you you're not doing well enough. If you're if you're getting caught knocking one out as an adult, you're rubbish. Like that is poor. I think
1: they want to get caught though. The whole the whole danger rank phenomenon.
0: There's nothing sexy about a man having a tug. Nothing at all. <laughs> is there? Yeah, it's just uh... no. There are well, no no.
1: Well, call in.
0: Yeah, I mean, let us know. Let us know if there's any any women listening to this, and there's a few. Um is it that do it for you there a man having a tug is that is that you know what I found I out guess, the other day it, women go on women watch gay porn like like men watch lesbian porn women watch gay porn not all of them yeah some do yeah that blew my mind it's, what, it's completely obvious when you say it yeah just you know two handsome men going at it yeah All right.
1: Holly should unpack that one day.
0: Well, we're doing the other podcast on uh, Friday, and we've got Holly back on again. Other podcast is a non-football oh, cool. podcast we do behind the paywall, patreon.com forward slash coffee if you want to get involved. It's uh, very funny and uh, very close to the mark, and I'm going to ask Holly, is, is that true? Do <laughs> women watch gay porn as a preference? A fair okay. question. okay all right that'll do for the fighting cock very much thank you very much tea and uh no problem. we will be back on monday and like i said on patreon there's a five statements reaction podcast so after the game against crystal palace what well, was close to the final whistle sometimes it's quite difficult to do especially when playing at home and people are at the game But um yeah we will do a little reaction so yeah that's another thing you get on patreon and you can watch this as a video podcast on patreon what else loads there everyone is still with us right now is probably a patient already so god bless the 30% and uh, that has been the fighting got podcast come you spurs call, 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 call.